0: Welcome to another edition of the Work Life Hub podcast. To find out more and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.eu.
1: Welcome everybody to the latest episode of the Work Life Hub podcast. Um, This is another episode that we're doing in cooperation with the HR Expo in Cologne in September. And it's my great pleasure to be talking to another keynote speaker, Rudy De Waal. He is going to be speaking on the 15th of September and present his thoughts, um, which is also linked to his work and his book, Shift 2020, Reshaping Work in the Digital Age. And Rudy is joining us from Cambridge. Hello.
0: Good morning, Agnes.
1: Now, I watched some of your... um, keynotes on YouTube, it's quite easy to find very inspiring speeches of you. And in one of the talks, you quote somebody saying that we're only just at the very beginning of this technological change, only at the, you know, the first 1% of what technology and digital and artificial intelligence is going to be able to do. Could you just unpack that a little bit for us? Where do you see us heading perhaps by 2020?
0: Yes, that's a quote from Larry Page, I guess, uh, from uh, Google. Um, yeah, Basically, what, what, yeah, what, what, what this 1% means is that we're just starting in the age of technology. Yeah, and computing technology. If you look at the first industrial revolution you know with steam engines and all that and the second industrial revolution with electricity what well, that has done to uh, to our society and business and now we're coming in the third industrial revolution which is actually the computing age and we're just in the beginning of that like just imagine that uh, this is the start of the century and how this going to look in 50 years or 100 years so That's uh, what he means with his 1%. Uh, But it's also now technology and everything that uh, gets in contact with technology. Before it was just software and connecting people on the internet, things like that, and providing services for people. Now we're entering the age where actually technology will connect with physical things. Yeah. So with the Internet of Things and censoring, and basically any object that you see or that you have around us can will be able to uh, connect to the Internet and also track Yeah. So uh, and provide data also for companies to be more efficient, to work more uh, in transparency and uh, more sustainable also in the long term. So we will see more changes the next. 10, 20 years that we have seen, probably the last 100 years. Yeah, because the changes go so fast, and we hear a lot about these exponential technologies. This has become uh, because um, certain areas that come in touch with technology, they go in accelerating exponential rate of progress, yeah, of change. So, and it's hard for companies to adapt to that uh, because um, most of them are not prepared for uh, for that. So it is very important that you, uh, companies, uh, that they are open, that they keep their radar uh, to this startup. Uh, communities and trends that are happening there uh, because the change is happening really fast in certain areas
1: now how uh, can we keep up with these things Um, if it's a, a small startup with a very flat structure of command with a very democratic take on management everybody involved everybody has ownership in most of the decisions and and they can deploy their resources quite quickly and pivot from one uh, market to the other Uh, we see that agility works there but how could larger organizations you have consulted a number of larger organizations that we can see from your portfolio do you think that it takes a mindset and then determination or what are maybe some of the barriers that they need to overcome to to adapt and embrace these new technologies
0: uh yeah that's a very good question i i think um well they as from my point of view i've worked a lot in 20 years in startup culture and with lots of startups and in the last years well i've always been working with corporates too but the last three to five years i've I do a lot of digital transformation, as we call it now, uh, for uh, companies and large corporations. Uh, The problem they have is is basically is the speed of innovation and also that they don't really see what's coming. Yeah, because uh, before companies, they used to look at their competitors and only in their own area. Now competition can come from everywhere. Yeah, so, and it comes from, it comes very quickly because these startups are so agile. So, um, I, I think mainly the, the problem is that the structure is also different. Yeah, the startups operate in small teams. They're very passionate. Uh, they're very motivated. They go very quickly because they focus on, on one uh, thing to improve. Yeah, while corporations, they have uh, a lot of people to manage. They are slow and things like that. So, uh, corporates also work with uh, employees, yeah. so they, they are not only uh, entrepreneurs or, or, or they cannot be turned all of a sudden into entrepreneurs also. So I think that is one of the problems. Uh, a great example is actually General Electrics, the, the big electricity company who made a real uh, 360 degree move uh, to uh, towards big data and they actually opened up and they brought in uh, Eric Reese uh, from uh, um, To build a starter program inside the company so what they did is actually they started asking the employees themselves of like How could they improve certain things? Yeah, or ask them for ideas in their own company? and so they came up in, in a couple of months with 300 new ideas 300 new products yeah? 300 okay. new projects that they could actually build. So and then what they did, they built like startup teams of people who came up with that idea, gave them a, a team, and then started setting up and building these products, which are now coming to market. And then they made partnerships with Quirky, which is one of these startups that uh, where you can put an idea on the internet and every week they vote for a new idea. And then they realize that idea in their workshop. Yeah, so uh, basically adapt to this quip, quick uh, ways of, like, you know, fail fast, learn fast, and then build products, yeah? Uh, So I I think, yeah, for corporates, it's it's, uh, important that they look what's around, yeah? Follow these trends, and then also try to... See how uh, how they can adapt to that rhythm, and uh, so instead of like mm, starting business units, you can also start like startup units, yeah, in specific areas yeah. for specific products. That's one way to go. Yeah, of course it depends in which sector you are and all, all that, uh, but yeah, that's a way to go.
1: I read that this is something that they've done at Google is they allow all of their staff to spend twenty. Um what was it? Twenty percent of their time on projects they, you know, feel or or sense has potential, and and I think this is how they came up with Gmail, for example, one of the engineers. So it's 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 I guess the big challenge now at the crossroads is how we can foster entrepreneurship and. And a startup culture within large organizations where they are more focused on employees and and engagement and loyalty so a lot of maybe even counterproductive hr policies um now maybe also coming because i heard you also refer to this is the new kind of consumers you know consumers that now express their opinion they they the good and the bad very quickly on social media so they're very much part of the product development, of the the development of service and they almost co-create. So how do you think um, companies are, are reacting to that? And especially when it comes to um, some of the classical jobs that are going to go out and, and be replaced with artificial intelligence, how can companies um, get prepared for this?
0: Oof, that's a lot of... Uh questions in one question i have the impression so uh, yeah i think on, on the um, on, on on the startup side uh yeah the startups they they move fast because they they have nothing to lose also a company has a reputation and it's harder yeah. for them to actually bring that reputation uh like and make it vulnerable on on the internet yeah so i think that's why it's sometimes better to uh build new structures, new brands, uh, new teams, yeah, and then s- start from scratch, yeah, even, even if it comes from a large company, because the large company name is what it is, and that is hard to, to change, right? So they can only adapt to certain situations. Um, um, sorry, what was the rest of, the, of your question?
1: Well, i was just asking about you know the internet of things artificial intelligence how can maybe maybe i didn't phrase it well but how could companies sense or or put out their tentacles to say for their product development on 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 what is coming because you mentioned that in the beginning you said just big companies don't know what is coming and and how could they you know what what techniques or tactics they could employ to be able to anticipate and be better prepared
0: yeah, well, the first point is hire somebody like me. Yeah, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, basically you, have, you, need, you need to, um, to uh, create a team that is actually following innovation and that is following the trends of what is happening and how that can be adapted or how that can be used also in your own company. I think that is essential. Yeah, not any company can survive anymore if you don't do that. Yeah, so you have to know what is happening. You have to know what is coming your way. Uh, You have to see also new opportunities that you might not think of now uh, that can be out there. You know, like even if you uh, or then if you if you you're able to track them, you can take these opportunities or take these technologies to you know be ahead of your own market. Yeah, and and your own competition, Uh, like IoT and and AI and all that. I think uh, IoT there's a lot of misunderstanding. About and a lot of uh, information that is not really valuable to a lot of people as of now because people don't really understand what's happening. So it really depends on what type of business you're in. Are you in transport? Are you in energy? Uh, Do you want to uh, have great better sustainability for your whole? Uh, company so you can uh, start using sensors to improve that so you can track that data or you're in retail and you wanna track you know patterns from consumers how they behave how they buy and all these things and then so you can analyze that with big data it really depends on it so what's important is actually that you can scan what is important for you and then you can also bring in some experts or people that can actually tell you uh, what are the opportunities in your area and then bringing those people in your company so you can create a strategy for that Yeah, on AI there's a lot of uh, even more misunderstanding because it's very scary there's very scary messages out there with robots and AI and all that it's certain that uh, robots will take a lot of jobs they do already right so they have done already in the car industries and manufacturing businesses Uh, sometimes there's just one or two employees running a whole uh, manufacturing unit, yeah, with, with robots. So that is already happening and that will continue. So everything that is uh, a job with a repetitive tasks will, they will disappear. Yes. You know, even people who are, uh, you know, writing blog posts or journalists or things like that, there's already robots now writing posts and uh, there's uh, automatic translators and things like that. Look at Skype translator, Google translator. All these things will come into place Pretty quickly. On well, the AI front, I think uh, that is mostly used now to improve customer experiences and to learn better on uh, human behavior. So there also, there's also a lot of fear there of like that you know, AI and robots will take over. I think that will not come that quickly. And I also believe that we always are more or less in the power or give the command to the computers. Yeah? So a human being is a lot more complex than uh, you know just some tasks that a computer can do or AI. So an AI can actually analyze a lot of things And it's a bit of the exponential thing of like big data and then what you can do with big data and how you would analyze big data. So um, But yeah, it's all coming. That's for sure
1: And I think perhaps one of what really strikes me about all this new information and new foresight is that before we kind of knew that that the robots would um, replace be able to replace some of the really tough jobs you know the manual labor the 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 physical labor which which was good news um, but now it really looks like that they are going to be able to do a lot of the white-collar jobs for us so even accounting or translation or some parts of medicine as well and and I think that's where that's where things become a bit bit scary. Um, Now, I just wanted to ask you one more uh, thing before we go to maybe our last question, because I know that you do also work with um, helping uh, companies in Africa, uh, startups. And I just read this quite recent uh, OECD publication about the future of productivity. And what they explained there is that they seem to believe that there is going to be a slowdown in the development of technology worldwide because of the diffusion of the latest technologies and tools from the frontier companies to the more lagging companies or the or the least advanced companies and especially globally is this something you see that that there are regions in the world that may be more um resistant or more uh, difficult to catch up or you see the opposite that there is just as much a dynamic startup scene, thanks to global, thanks to digital, also in in Africa.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know where you where you read that article, but I'm I'm not really sure about the slowdown of technology. Yeah, so um, how how is everything going so fast, and that we have this impression that there's so uh, such an expansion of technology is because of the internet, right? It's because the internet connects everything and, you know, 20 years ago, you know, we still had to read newspaper, you know, everything was one directional. Now it comes from from everywhere. Yeah, there's even an overflow of uh, information. Look at the Greek situation of, like, how many opinions yes. can you read in a day? Yeah, before you yes. just had your newspaper, whether you were left or right, you know, the world looked a lot simpler yeah so now it's uh, even in my own network you know it, it, it looks quite complicated sometimes and then you also have a lot of these uh, marketed messages from uh, every uh, uh, every front right that wants to push his message on social media so it's harder to 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 detect also Filtering yeah some to filter objective media I think so which is a, a different problem that what we're talking about here but in in, in the um, yeah, in, in, in this in the essence it's the internet is basically connecting everyone and everywhere. Yeah. So Google and Facebook, they have these projects where they want to connect the, the areas that are not reachable. Yeah. As of now they are not connected. So and then once people are connected, I think there's a lot of opportunities coming. I did a lot of work a couple of years ago already in Africa with mobile developers and you know, they just bypass the desktop. Yeah, so they have yes. never known the desktop experience, but they don't they don't uh, they don't bother because they can do things with their mobile, yeah, or then with the tablet. So they can learn how to code. Of course they have to there's the learning curve, yeah. So before you can start doing things on the internet, you have to learn how to code or or you have to learn how to create products and things like that. But that will come. So um I, I think what we will see as a major trend also is like uh, in, in the Western um, uh, countries, we see that the income of the middle class is shrinking, Yeah. yeah. So, and this is an overall trend. So this has been going on for the last 20 years and it keeps going. So however, the new middle class will be coming from uh, the developing countries. Yeah, because they come from actually a poorer area and they are creating more wealth. You can see that already in the sub-Saharan, which have, uh, I think they have seven of the fastest growing countries. Uh, Look at what's happening in China, India, Brazil, things like that. So I I do believe there will be, you know, more and more innovation coming also from from those areas. Yeah, so uh, they also have a chance to get into the global economy.
1: Yes, especially with education being now um, virtually free and also accessible from anywhere with TEDx and Coursera opening very high quality courses for coding and programming. if If you know where to go and and find it, you can learn that by yourself. So that is also helping, I guess, with the democratization of of the digital um jobs basically Uh, you mentioned something that um you 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 mentioned the overflow of information the abundance of information where we don't even know which sources to trust Um, and i wanted to ask you in terms of work um don't you find that a lot of the um a lot of this opened access to information and also the fact that employees are now bringing more of their devices to work than work gives us that there is also a lot of distraction, and and how uh, effective organizations can can focus and not be distracted by this abundance of, of information, of sources, of tools. How do you see this? Yeah, well, I think that's uh, yeah, that's
0: another reason of uh, of difference uh, between. Uh, startups and, and large corporations is that startups, they work on, uh, they are paid by motivation mm. yeah, and results. And then in companies, they are paid by the hour. So I think this paid by the hour concept uh, will change over time yeah, because people need motivations. And in large corporations, I have the impression that many people are burnout already. Yeah. yeah, for many years, and they have been burnout for many years. So they they just do their job, but they don't really contribute to the growth of the company. Yeah. yeah so and, and and that's one of the problems that these big co- companies have. So uh, I I think that will change over time because um, uh, also by if if you work in teams with motivation and like uh, with a with a very uh, focused. Uh,
1: Objectives and Yeah. Well, or, or yeah, they,
0: they just work in, with, with a much, a much larger focus than than the normal people, and then they can also be rewarded for that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if there's no focus, if there's no objective or things like that, and I think it's hard to measure. So this whole system of measurement. Uh, will change uh, note note that also like b- with the use of big data you can use use that to analyze your customers but that will also be used to analyze employees mm-hmm. yeah so in in good and bad ways yeah so you will be able to analyze the mood settings or the the vibe from certain teams yeah with big data and with with other tools so and and I think that's that's uh, something that, that uh, will change over time. That it's more about how do you cre- how do you create, how do you motivate your team, how you keep them motivated, uh, things like that. And then also people will be more flexible. Mm. Yeah. So they have their own tools, but you know I think it's okay if they are distracted as long as they do their work. Yeah. yeah. And they they reach their objective because that's just the way that things are now. You know, just look at kid, kids now. They do many things at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Because they are used to, you know, playing with digital and all that, so I'm not saying that that's the best way, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it it has it has issues. But I think it's it's probably better to, you know, uh, motivate people with an objective and and, and, and something that they can reach out to, than to uh, start looking and taking out their different devices.
1: Ah, yes. So focus. You give them. Give them results-oriented management and objectives and they will themselves align their energies and focus and they will be much less inclined to get distracted because they are so motivated to do the job. Yes. Instead of cutting off Facebook, you know, not because I think that's in HR a very interesting discussion of, you know, social media or not social media, employee branding or employee brand advocacy or not. And I think that you make a very, very interesting and very good point there. Now, coming to uh, the last question that we always ask here, and we're always very excited about the different answers. If, uh, Rudy, you could give um, an advice, just one advice for now to a CEO to go and take the first step towards change, towards embracing digital, towards embracing mobile and transformation, what would that first step be?
0: Yeah, well, the first step would be to uh, dedicate a team, set up a small team of people that can actually start looking at all these changes, yeah, within your area of your company, yeah, and then, uh, you know, start um, setting up teams that actually can start looking in, like, how can we use these new technologies, yeah, uh, and and then uh, to our own advantage. So some do that with setting up startup challenges, so they bring startups in in the mm-hmm. company uh, around the topic or around a product area that they are focused on, yeah. So they see what startups do, what or, or what type of uh, services or products could come in, you know, just with, by bringing in this startup mentality. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way of doing it, and then also you know look inside your own employees because usually the the. The value is already with with your own people, yeah, but you don't realize it. So that's a good way also to look into.
1: Ah, great! Thank you very much. Would you just like to remind uh, your website and where people can reach out to you?
0: Yeah, you can. uh, My website is shift2020. Yeah, so shift2020.com, and then you can also subscribe to my newsletter. I have a weekly newsletter where I talk about digital transformation in business and society.
1: Great. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation to come on the Work Life Hub podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing you in Kern on the 15th of September.
0: Yes, I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, thank you very much, Agnes. Have a nice day.